morning. This is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It's 9.57 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It is August the 23rd, 2019, and Friday, thank God. Um... Let's see, where, where am I at? Where am I at? Um, this is episode 130 of Bitcoin And, and I'm going to start this one out by suggesting that you go follow at A-W-Y-E-E-B-T-C. That's right. Everybody's favorite little chihuahua's back in the kennel again. They uh, completely destroyed his A-Y-E uh, uh, account on Twitter, uh, Permaband, uh, so he lost all of his followers. Yes, I know. There's, he's a little, he's, he's pretty mean guy. Pretty, pretty mean. He's a ferocious little chihuahua. But I got to tell you, man, you got to have people like this in this space. You, you, you got to, because if you don't, then it's just a bunch of soy covered bullshit. Okay. So I put out a follow Friday today and uh, my only one on this list is all ye BTC. So go follow at all ye BTC. Next up, I'm going to shill the little Bitcoin book. Okay. Uh, this was dropped. I don't know, a couple of days ago, probably. Um, let's just, I'm, I'm at the website and it's, uh, let's see, notion.so forward slash the little Bitcoin book. Uh, you don't want to follow this particular link. I'm not going to read it out because it's one of these things that has like, you know, lots of numbers and letters and crap in it. But just just Google the little Bitcoin book and you will find it. Um, it's why Bitcoin matters for your freedom, finances and future. So I'm going to read the uh, description of this book direct from their uh, uh, this particular website. You've probably heard about Bitcoin on the news or heard it being discussed by your friends or colleagues How come the price keeps changing? Is Bitcoin a good investment? How does it even have value? Why do people keep talking about it like it's going to change the world? The little Bitcoin book tells the story of what's wrong with money today and why Bitcoin was invented to provide an alternative to the current system. It describes in simple terms terms what Bitcoin is, how it works, why it's valuable, and how it affects individual freedom and opportunities of people everywhere, from Nigeria to the Philippines to Venezuela to the United States. This book also includes a Q&A section with some of the most frequently asked questions about Bitcoin if you want to learn more about this new form of money, which continues to gain interest and adoption around the world, then this book is for you. Okay, so it's available on Amazon for $8.88. It's also available on Kindle for just under 4 bucks at $3.88. And uh, it says the Audible, the audio, sorry, audio book is coming soon. But let's just, I'll just want to go through the, uh, uh, the authors because it's a whole team of people that came together to write this book. 
Um, and as usual, people, there's going to be some names that I have no hope in hell of pronouncing, but I'm going to do my best. One is Timmy Ajiboy. Another is Louis Buenaventura, Alex Gladstein, Lily Liu, Alexander Lloyd, Alejandro Machado, Jimmy Song, and Elena Vranova. And of course, I I, I know I don't know I, I know of Alex Gladstein and obviously Jimmy Song and obviously Elena Vranova, but I don't know I and Lily Lou, but I don't know the rest of them. But it was a whole team of people that came together to write this book. And it just dropped, and it looks like it's going to be really a good a good book, especially to hand out to your pre-coiner buddies. Um, and that's pretty much going to do it for community news. Let's, I'm not going to do the uh, the break. Let's go right into the morning roundup. Uh, and we're going to start off with probably one, of, if, if not the top, one of the top two worst Bitcoin companies ever. I'm just going to, I don't even consider them Bitcoin companies anymore. They're crypto companies and you know how I feel about that. So let's start it. This is Daniel Palmer writing for Coindesk sometime this morning, $100,000 crypto donation to Amazon rainforest charity blocked by BitPay. That's right, people. BitPay. BitPay's at it again. So what do they do? Okay, well, we'll read it. A large donation to a nonprofit working to protect the Amazon rainforest and the environment has been blocked by compliance rules at crypto payments firm BitPay. The charity, Amazon Watch, took to Twitter on Friday to appeal to BitPay to let the $100,000 payment through. And here's the tweet they put out. It says, at BitPay, at BitPay support, a donor, no doubt upset about horrific Amazon fires, tried to donate $100K to, well, $100,000 to our account today, and it was rejected as too high. We want to reach out to this person to resolve this issue, but have no way to do so. We need your help ASAP. Thank you. And this was on August the 22nd or yesterday. BitPay responded in the Twitter thread saying, quote, hi. We will escalate the issue ASAP to see if the donor can be contacted. In the meantime, if you wish to upgrade your approved volume to accept donations of this size, please go to your merchant dashboard settings, approved volume. Amazon Watch said it had tried to increase its approved volume, but was requested to go through a further compliance process via email. That's right. The donation comes as the Amazon is being ravaged by thousands of fires, many reported to have been lit on purpose by farmers and loggers after Brazil's controversial president, Herr Bolsonaro, relaxed environmental rules after coming into office last October. Bolsonaro has claimed he isn't responsible, pointing a finger at NGOs against all the evidence, Amazon forest fire, oh, sorry, against all the evidence, and I forgot to stop reading. Um, okay. That that's it. Um, the couple things here, <laughs> approved volume, your approved volume, just use BTC pay server. And I can't remember the other one. BTC pay server seems to be sort of like my favorite. I, I'm, I haven't set one up, but every time that I, I turn around, BTC pay server is just kicking ass and has a team of people that are really, really impressive. And guess what? I'm pretty sure that BTC pay server doesn't have a setting 
for approved volume. So BitPay can go, they take your compliance process via email and shove it up your ass. Sorry, but that's just the way that I feel about it. Everybody's favorite scullers, the Winklevoss twins on Bitcoin. Quote, Wall Street has been asleep at the wheel. This is by Marie Hewitt, uh, writing for Cointelegraph uh, sometime this morning. The Winklevi, she says the Winklevoss twins, but we all know better. The Winklevi, <clears throat> Bitcoin bulls and founders of the Gemini Crypto Exchange, say it's retail investors who are still largely reaping the benefits of the crypto market. In an interview with CNN Business on August the 22nd, Tyler and Cameron Winklevoss gave their perspective on Bitcoin as an investment industry risks and the traditional financial sector's approach to the new asset class. By <clears throat> sorry, While many still regard Bitcoin as too risky a bet for the average investor, Tyler argued that on the contrary, the retail sector remains one step ahead of financial institutions when it comes to crypto. He argued that, quote, unlike the Internet, which you couldn't buy a piece of, you can actually buy a piece of this new Internet of money. It's still a retail driven market from day one. And a lot of people have done really well. Wall Street has been asleep at the wheel, end quote. Of all traditional investments, Cameron added, Bitcoin is most similar to gold, a new store of value for the digital era. And while it may be volatile, it's the future, he said, underscoring, quote, we had to invest because we were afraid of missing out. We couldn't miss out on this future, end quote. While the twins were, as ever, keen to demonstrate their readiness to liaise with regulators, compliance is the DNA of our business, says Cameron, they nonetheless called out a degree of alarmism that continues to cloud perceptions of the risks associated with crypto. Facebook's Libra, Tyler argued, hasn't even been launched. No one's using it for anything illicit. And yet there's a regulatory din surrounding it already. <laughs> and while Bitcoin may have been used by bad actors, think Silk Road and the Kremlin's Internet Research Agency during the 2016 U.S. elections, many of those are now in jail, he emphasized. Smart criminals aren't using Bitcoin because it's actually very traceable. (laughs) With even more sophisticated blockchain forensics tools being developed, the bottom line, more criminals have used the dollar than anything else. As recently reported, the Winklevi have revealed that they are open to partnering with arch-rival Mark Zuckerberg on Libra with the caveat that they still need to learn more about the full details of the project. <laughs> I wouldn't. I, dude, the, you know, the guy snaked y'all, but it doesn't matter. They're, they're billionaires. But anyway, so there's the Winklevi basically telling Wall Street that they're kind of stupid. Um Speaking of, Coindesk's Daniel Palmer is writing this morning, Amazon cloud outage causing major issues at some crypto exchanges. Problems with Amazon's cloud service, AWS, are disrupting services at some cryptocurrency exchanges on Friday. The Binance exchange is seeing problems internationally, according to its CEO, uh, you know, CZ, who tweeted, AWS is having an issue mostly with caching services affecting some users globally. We are working with them, monitoring the situation closely. He goes on to tweet, it's causing some 500 error messages on APIs and affecting some withdrawal processing. 
the KuCoin crypto exchange is also saying they are ha- having problems with its AWS Tokyo hosted services. The firm states on its website, quote, due to the overheating of part of our chassis in the machine room we deployed in AWS Tokyo, part of our services might become unavailable. The engineering operation team is currently deploying relevant resources of high availability across regions to deal with any possible emergencies that might happen. Some services might be affected during the deployment, deployment, end quote. Founding partner at Primitive Ventures, Devi Wan, has tweeted that a number of Asian exchanges are affected and the AWS issues are producing erratic market data. Quote, many Asian exchanges see price instability and trades were able to execute. Yes, you can buy extremely cheap Bitcoin if you had limit orders there, she wrote. Uh, She also tweeted a screen grab, apparently, of order book data from an unnamed exchange that that a customer had posted in the BitMax exchange's official Telegram channel. It suggests traders have been able to buy 45 Bitcoins for less than a dollar in the Tether stablecoin. Whoa. That's going to hurt. The price of Bitcoin at time of writing should be around 10190 according to Coindesk Global Average Price Index. BitMax has since announced in its Telegram channel that it's halting withdrawals, although it's still not certain the price data is sourced from their pr- platform. Other sources suggest the screenshot may reflect data from a different exchange. In a similar instance, some users were able to execute trades on Bitcoin for as low as $0.32. Cents. Oh, oh man! Based on based on Cytex Exchange's order book, the candle appears backed by high volumes as orders were presumably triggered by the super low price. AWS's status page indeed indicates that there are problems at its Tokyo facility. The firm says it has found the root cause and the situation is starting to return to normal. Coindesk has reached out to confirm the reports of Bitcoin purchases at sub $1 levels, people, and will update this article if more information is received. Oh, see, because I don't trade, I don't know how really to do things like put in orders. I'm sure it's super ass simple. I'm, I'm absolutely 100% certain that because I, I'm not investing that I'm, I'm missing out on shit like this. So I think going forward that what I probably should do is set bids at super stupid low levels and just and not play the, the the longer short game, just have a, hey, I'm bidding, you know, one Bitcoin at a dollar and just let that son of a bitch ride. I don't know if it exactly works that way um, because I don't trade. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a pre-trader, okay? Pre, pre-trading. All right. So continuing on, it looks like Facebook is, uh, Facebook's Libra is, Kind of getting weird. Coindesk, again, Daniel Palmers, he's writing this morning that tensions rising at Facebook Libra as backers consider quitting. Report. (laughs) Several backers of Facebook Libra cryptocurrency project are said to be considering backing out due to growing pressure from, you guessed it, 
regulators. According to a report from the Financial Times, three of, three of the firms which were not named expressed concerns over being seen to be linked to the project after watchdogs around the world raised concerns over its potential threat to financial stability. The EU was recently reported to have even moved to investigate the Libra Association over potential antitrust issues. Over in the U.S., lawmakers have called for Libra to be halted until regulatory issues have been addressed. As a result, two of the firms are considering pulling out of the Libra project, the Financial Times said. Since its debut in mid-June, Libra is said to have been joined by 28 member firms who have paid up to $10 million to be part of the project. These include major firms such as Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, and Uber. Visa CEO revealed last month that the firms had signed, quote, non-binding letters of intent to join Libra, end quote, and were not yet fully committed to the enterprise. Quote, it's going to be difficult for partners who want to be seen as in regulatory compliance, in quote, to a publicly supported Libra, one of the companies told the Financial Times. A Libra backer also said that Facebook should have addressed the regulatory issues before announcing the project to lessen the, quote unquote, pushback. The frustrations appear to be going both ways, with the sources saying that Facebook itself is unhappy that the Libra Association members aren't voicing support for the project. Quote, Facebook is tired of being the only people putting their neck out said one of the members. Facebook and the Libra Association would not comment when contacted by the Financial Times. You know, so prima facie, this looks like this doesn't look good. It will probably escalate. Will it stop Libra? I don't know. I don't give a shit. I'm not going to be using Libra unless they airdrop some to my my Facebook account or something like that. And and no, I don't really use Facebook. I just It's just there. But, you know, if they're air, airdrop it, then I will sell it if I can into Bitcoin, but I'm not planning on using it. Still, though, I mean, the fact that the Libra Association and Facebook are starting to have a falling out is actually bigger news than a couple of companies uh, wanting to distance themselves from the project. Because, well, I don't have to tell you because Facebook and the, the, the association that they put together, now they're fighting. It's only August. This shit was announced in June. So that's probably not a good look. Continuing on, Cointelegraph's Jack Martin is writing uh, this morning, Bitcoin advocate become, oh, sorry, let me try that again. Bitcoin advocate becomes, quote, nobody, end quote, to run for New Hampshire town mayor. Oh my, a Bitcoin ad- advocate who was cha- who has changed his name to nobody, with a capital N, was first in line to file his candidacy for mayor of Keene on August the 21st. The town in the state of New Hampshire, United States, has been dubbed Crypto Mecca for its positive attitude towards Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Throwing a curveball into the usual election process, nobody aims to provide an alternative to the major candidates. One of these, city councilor Mitch Greenwald, has already welcomed nobody to the mayoral race, saying that his campaign was needed. In a campaign poster seen online, nobody proclaims, oh, this is hard to read, uh, quote, vote for nobody. Nobody will keep election promise. <laughs> Sounds like Oh, God. Nobody will listen to your concerns. Nobody will help the poor and unemployed. Nobody cares. If nobody is elected, things will be better for everyone. Nobody tells the truth. God, it's brilliant, man. 
formerly known as Rich Paul, nobody is a longtime Keen resident who loves cannabis, cryptocurrency, and freedom. Keen has seen a rapid rise in cryptocurrency use due to its community of libertarian activists. Forbes dubbed the crown the town crypto mecca due to its evangelization of digital currencies. On a larger stage, U.S. presidential candidate Andrew Yang recently vowed to implement blockchain voting in future U.S. elections if he wins in 2020, and that's probably a very a terrible idea. I don't know what the solution to voting is. I, I, I really don't, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I do. Um, but with as with most things, you probably don't need a blockchain for that. Okay. Coindesk's Daniel Kuhn is writing yesterday, Pundit's crypto cash registers will be installed in 49 retail stores across Venezuela. Venezuela's largest department store will install blockchain-enabled cash registers in its 49 retail outlets. The megastore operator Tracky announced August 22nd it will integrate Singapore-based Pundi X's point-of-sale device, Expos, to offer a cryptocurrency payment rail for shoppers. Already available in 30 countries, Pundi aims to sell 100,000 Expos devices by 2021. This is part of the firm's plan to introduce cryptocurrencies for everyday use through an ecosystem of financial products like XPass, crypto debit cards, and XWallet. Quote, we made the XPass with the mission of creating real-life use cases for blockchain technology, and this couldn't be better represented than tracky shoppers paying for their daily needs with cryptocurrencies, said Pundi X CEO Zach Che. Che continued to say that Tracky has been an early adopter of blockchain technology in Venezuela. Quote, at Tracky, we aspire to offer the most convenient options for our customers, and cryptocurrency has proven to be an effective payment solution, said Michael Gomez, chief of crypto assets department of Tracky. Of Pundi's near 300,000 wallet users, approximately one-tenth are based in Venezuela. The Expos payment system supports payments in a range of cryptocurrencies, including BTC, uh, ETH, Binance's BNB stablecoin, as well as PundiX's own shitcoin NPXS and NPXSXEM tokens. A period of hyperinflation and lack of liquidity has seen many Venezuelans adopt cryptocurrency as a store of value and payment option. Last year, President Nicolas Maduro launched the petrodollar cryptocurrency pegged to the South American nation's vast oil reserves as a means to sidestep economic sanctions. Maduro recently ordered banks and state-owned companies to use the token. And that thing was a shit show. Oh, God. Okay, so um, not much to say on this. Adoption. Adoption is really important. So I'm not going to get my panties all in a twist because, you know, Ether and, and Binance is BNB and I, I'm just not, it's not worth, it's not worth my time. What is worth my time is the fact that you know, this is a huge store, man. You know, this is like lots of, lots of people shop here, but, you know, I keep seeing pictures of Venezuelan, you know, grocery stores and it looks pretty dismal. So I don't know whether, you know, I don't know if this store is like has empty shelves like I've been seeing pictures of, but you know, Hey, it's adoption. And that's pretty much what matters. Not most, but it does matter. Helen parts is writing for coin telegraph this morning. U S charges two Canadian nationals over alleged 230,000 Bitcoin, $230,000 Bitcoin fraud. Oh, there's no way I can pronounce these names. 
Guy one and guy two of Surrey, British Columbia, allegedly stole 23.2 Bitcoin from a woman in the U.S. state of Oregon. Indian publication The Week reports on August the 23rd, citing charges filed with the federal court. According to the report, the defendants used a fraudulent Twitter named Twitter account named at HITBTC Assist. That's hit BTC Assist to trick victims into believing they represented customer service from Hong Kong-based crypto exchange hit BTC from October 2017 until August of 2018. Using the fake hit BTC account, the alleged scammers reportedly convinced the woman to pass them her login data to take over her small hit BTC and Kraken accounts. Jeez. Using the information, the defendants transferred over 23 BTC from the victim's hit BTC account to Guy 1's Kraken, who in turn sent nearly 11.6 in stolen Bitcoin to Guy 2's Kraken account, the report notes. Now, the two alleged criminals are facing various counts, including one count each of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and money laundering, five counts of wire fraud, three counts of aggravated identity theft, and multiple counts of money laundering. While Guy One was reportedly arrested upon arrival at McCarran International Airport in Las Vegas in July 2019, Guy Two still remains at large. Earlier this month, major global crypto mining hardware supplier Bitmain accused a crypto project of falsely using its name to promote a product dubbed Mango Coin and and sale a sale of a product dubbed Bitmain Cloud Miner. So, yeah. Uh, all right. First of all, not your keys, not your coins. Second of all, don't keep your shit on exchanges. And third, don't give anybody your login information. I how, how how you know, it's not not it's just not worth the time. Poll finds Chinese crypto investors bullish on BTC. This is uh, written by 8BTC and is over there is posted up at Bitcoin Magazine. This was, did they give it time? Yeah, this was yesterday. <clears throat> it's written by Lillian Tang for 8BTC. Over 30% of Chinese cryptocurrency investors polled predicted that the Bitcoin price will surpass $30,000 over the next 12 months, according to a recent survey conducted by local crypto financing company Babel Finance. The survey, collecting hundreds of valid responses, found that the average Chinese crypto investor is young, well-educated, and male. Toxic with a high income. It is not a surprise to learn that the biggest crypto evangelists are young men. 76.3% of the respondents were male. Over 75% of respondents had a college degree or above. As per the survey, 51.8% of those polled were between 26 and 35, 21.9% were 19 to 25. And 22.8% were 36 to 45 years old. Nearly 70% of them indicated a monthly income of over $1,600 U.S. By comparison, the average monthly salary for white-collar workers in the country was around $1,000 U.S. in 2018. That means these respondents were young, well-off, and have idle money to invest in the nascent assets. When quizzed about the reason for choosing to invest in cryptocurrency, a majority of them said they are bullish on the future of Bitcoin and willing to hold it in the long run. Good hodlers. 25.3% were lured by high returns in short-term investments. 25.3% viewed crypto assets as safe haven. And 19.3% said they are holding cryptocurrencies for collection. 
In terms of investment portfolio, 31.3% of the people responded that crypto asset accounts for over half of their total investment. 12% had put 41 to 50% of their money in crypto assets and 10.8% invested 31 to 40% of their household wealth in them. A securities trader interviewed said he had put 10 to 20% of their money into crypto assets. A real estate is, <clears throat> as real estate is a major asset for Chinese people, most people's money has gone into the real estate industry. So by allocation of 10% or more of these holdings invested in crypto assets is quite high. Bitcoin, the original and biggest cryptocurrency by market cap, remains the most popular cryptocurrency when it comes to investment, with 86.7% of respondents holding Bitcoin. Next was Ether at 57.8%, then USDT at 50.6%, and EOS at 41%. It is worth noting that more than 30% of respondents believed the price of Bitcoin will reach $30,000 US in the next 12 months. When asked to predict Bitcoin price, 26.9% think the Bitcoin price will hover between 15 and 20,000. 16.7% gave a prediction of below 15,000, and 15.7% believe it will rise to the 20 to 25,000 dollar range. Despite these positive figures, 50% of respondents who have no wish to invest in cryptocurrencies still believe that cryptocurrencies are scams. Most, or sorry, more than half, 53.8% of those who are interested in investing in cryptocurrencies but have not yet done so say that the main reason they do not have any is that they do not know how to buy it. Wow. Prior to this survey, a survey, prior to this survey, a survey in 2018 found that around 3% of the populace from the new middle class in China has included Bitcoin-like cryptocurrencies in their investment portfolios. So, yeah, good. I, I'm that makes me happy. I'm I'm totally good with all of that. <laughs> uh, Bitcoin price strays over 10,000 as trader warns. Ethereum chart is ugly. Okay. Now I normally don't normally I, I kind of try to stay away from the uh, charting talking about this, but I, the, I I'm hearing so much chatter about ether and the ether crew is getting really salty, man. And so I, I figure we'll, we should probably read this one by William Suberg writing for coin telegraph this morning. Bitcoin price was consolidating $10,000 support on August the 23rd after successfully shunning four figures during the day's trading. Data from Coin360 show a newly strengthened Bitcoin managing to stay above the 10,000 marker, which it had crossed four times over the course of the week. Currently in the upper end of $300 trading corridor, BTC USD circled 10,200 at press time as analysts considered the opportunities ahead for fresh gains and less bearish volatility. Quote, the trend toward stability is a, is an essential ingredient in a median of exchange. I think you meant medium, but whatever. Is accelerating Bitcoin's advancement as a digital form of gold, Bloomberg quoted in its own intelligence analyst Mike McGlone as saying on Thursday. Sentiment had warned earlier after Bitcoin appeared to be heading broadly lower. Analysts voiced concern about support arguing a further loss could trigger dives to as low as 7,000. Quote, in the short term, I'm a little bit cautious, CNBC's active Bitcoin bug, Brian Kelly, told the network on Friday. He added, go buy some XRP. That's Brian. 
He added that at future lower levels, the buying opportunity for BTC accumulators was unparalleled. Quote, when people start saying, is Bitcoin dead again? That's when I get real bullish. <laughs> well, he's right about that. A Bitcoin breakdown was still on, on the cards for regular commentator Josh Ragger. But for the short term, it was top altcoin Ether, which presented more worries. Heading a troubled altcoin market, ETH has circled multi-year lows against BTC before rising above 0.019 BTC on Thursday. For Rager, however, the general trend is down and he advised not to buy under current conditions. If BTC, quote, if BTC breaks down to the 8Ks, ETH will follow with a break under 150, he summarized in a fresh update. Quote, ETH chart is ugly, he added. ETH BTC briefly outperformed BTC USD in daily progress Friday, rising 3.7% to $192 against the latter's 2.8% gains. Other altcoins in the top 20, meanwhile, delivered even stronger performances, such as Bcash and EOS on 6.8% daily gains. The overall cryptocurrency market Cap also staged a recovery versus Thursday, rising to 266 billion. Bitcoin's share dipped slightly to 68.4% dominance. And as long as I can spin up a coin and sell it, you know, spin up 12 trillion of them and then sell one for a penny, then all of a sudden I've got a huge market cap. That's just sort of the way that that goes. All right, so that's going to do it for your morning roundup. This is going to be a little bit of a shorter show, but hey, it's Friday. You guys got things to do. Vitals brought to you by BitInfoCharts.com. That's BitInfoCharts.com. Bitcoin is at a price of hovering around $10,391. It's 10.31 a.m. Central Daylight Time as I tell you this. Uh, 333,000 transactions have been made over the last 24 hours with an average transaction per hour of 13,884 one point, oh, okay, just right around 1 million BTC have been sent over the last 24 hours with an average being sent per hour of 43,000 BTC. Average transaction value is 3.1 BTC and the median transaction value is 0.028 BTC or 291 bucks. Uh, I, I, I like that number. I don't know why. Uh, block time is a little, little fast, nine minutes and 36 seconds. And it looks like 0.3 BTC are being taken on it for fees on a per block basis. And almost 50 BTC have been taken over the last 24 hours in fees. Looks like we've gained 0.69% of the hash rate. And it's now sitting just over 70 exahashes per second. Last, uh, let's see, last commit to the, uh, to the GitHub for Bitcoin was this morning. Nice. Ethereum is at 194, Bcash is at 314, Litecoin is at 75, BSV is at 136, Ethereum Classic is at $6.95, Doge is chilling out at 0.0027 USD. 25,000 transactions over the last 24 hours for Doge, Beats, Litecoin. Man, Litecoin is having some struggles lately. Okay, Mempool. Uh, this is mempool.space. 
Again, that's mempool.space. Looks like we're five blocks deep with 9,000 unconfirmed transactions. And everything I'm seeing is well over a megabyte block. So there's your vitals. Okay, got to do it. Ma- major, massive, huge erratum. Yeah, yeah. I made a critical error yesterday in the music se- in the music section. Yesterday, I incorrectly stated that Alan Holdsworth was with Supertramp. Nope, nope, that was wrong. And I'm not. Hell, I don't know how the hell I got that in my head. But Alan Holdsworth does not play with Supertramp. Uh, has played with people like Bruford and Jean-Luc Ponty and a, a few other few other folks. And for some reason, I thought that for at least for a stint that he was hanging out with Supertramp. This is not the case. However, you know, you know, we all get shit wrong. And I got that one way wrong. Really embarrassing. But hey, not afraid to admit it. All right. So, uh, but because it's Friday, uh, I need to bring you some good, pumped up, you know, happy music. And one of the happiest bands on the face of the planet is a band named Yes. And I haven't played any, I don't think I've played Yes before on this podcast, but I'm going to do one from, uh, I think, I'm not sure what, what their last album, but it was, it's off the album Big Generator. Pretty sure that came out in like the very late, yeah, late, very late 80s. And if you've ever listened to Yes, uh, you're, you know, you know that you'd be really hard pressed to go find any song from them that they've ever written, you know, written or recorded that was sad or melancholy. It's always upbeat, probably why they named the band. Yes. Uh, but anyway, th- this one is one of my favorite songs off the big generator album. It's big generator. <laughs> Such a strange preoccupation 
refreshing after everybody's been so damn salty. And I'm talking some, there's some salty people over there on Twitter, man. I mean, it's, it's kind of, kind of difficult to, you know, watching the attacks on, uh, uh, Pierre Rochard and some of the other stuff that I, that we talked about yesterday. Oh God, no, man, it, the salt is real. So, Hopefully you got a little bit of a, a uplift out of listening to Yes. Again, one of my one of my favorite bands in the world. Uh, let's check in with the uh, uh, the Daily Trainwrecked is brought to you by Peter McCormick. And for those that don't like Peter, not in the way that that you think. I, you, you, we just we got to read this one. Um, he tweets out. Keep your fingers crossed. I have been invited to speak at the Malta Blockchain Summit, which will also feature. Craig Wright. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah, that's going to be weird, especially considering that he screenshotted this following conversation with this woman who's working for that, that Malta thing. She, she reached out to him and said, Hey, Peter, we did a video interview a few months back while I was working at boxlive.tv. I'm now working with the at AIBC Summit in Malta in November, and would like to look into inviting you as a speaker. Peter writes back, you have Craig Wright as a speaker, a proven fraud. She says, Craig Wright has confirmed yes. Peter says, he's a proven fraud. She says, if you'd like us to set up back-to-back speaking times, you can share your thoughts. Here it is. The title of my presentation will be, quote, Craig Wright is a fraud, and I would like to present before he takes the stage. And she says, checking with operations team now. Oh, that's cringe, bro. Cringe. I mean, that's just about as cringe as it can get. Uh Man, could you imagine that actually occurring? What kind of fire? It wouldn't surprise me if Craig didn't just like actually try to physically beat up Peter. Just go after him in the hallway or something like that. Just complete, just a complete loss of control. Just, uh, so like, you know, I, I don't know if I should want this to happen or not. Uh, there is probably something to be said for just not going to anybody that or to any of these uh, um, conferences where frauds like Craig Wright are invited. I, I, I just and a horrible amount of censorship on my part, but I just I don't have freaking time to listen to these people anymore. I know they're a fraud. What is there something that they're going to magically come up with and say or do or, or something that that reverses three years of frauding people into believing he's someone who he clearly is not and can't prove it. And even if he moved a coin, it still doesn't prove it. It doesn't freaking matter. The guy is a fraud. So whatever, Peter, knock yourself out. But also, you you never know, man. You might be looking at a deranged, unhinged, you know, individual and, People backed into a corner can do a great deal of damage, so just be careful out there. Anyway, there's your smoldering pile.
Terrible Joke Corner is brought to you by Alistair Milne. Unbeknownst to him, probably. He posted, a, he has a tweet that says, this is why I have my DMs closed most of the time. And he's got a screenshot. He says, the, and the screenshot is the joke. But in case you didn't know, he opened up his DMs for a couple of hours. And, and he said, just, you know, just ask me anything or whatever. And it was just ridiculous. And, and, and then this one came out and he's like, this is why I have my DMS closed most of the time. Uh, I have a joke. Where do people get strangled in Japan? Chokyo. Oh man. Uh, dark. It's got the whole dark element, but again, the bad joke portions of short and sweet, right to the point, you know, it's, High quality, bad joke, a dark, bad joke, but a high quality, bad joke. Nonetheless. All right, let's go ahead and do the out. Um, let's see here. I guess just the, the only thing to really say is to go out and have a, a, a fun, safe weekend, you know, and I don't know, leave the trolls at home. <laughs> the Twitter's like, and a whole, I mean, and, I did go to RBTC to see the, the, you know, if they were in meltdown phase, like I get a couple of days ago over the at Bitcoin uh, Twitter account. And <laughs> yes. And then I haven't got, I haven't gone today because if you didn't see it at Bitcoin did the most troll move that that account has, you know, has done in a long time or it's, it unfollowed Roger Ver. And as, as the way that they normally do it, they do a video screenshot of what's going on. And it was the most, it was the slowest, most excruciating roundabout unfollow that you can do. I, they just, they draw, they drew that thing out until it was just painful to watch when they finally hit the unfollow button. It was like, oh my God, the picture that comes up. Is, well, you're going to have to see it. So go over to at Bitcoin. Um, again, caution without, with at Bitcoin, be cautious. We don't know what the hell's going on and they were shilling B cash. Okay. So those are the facts that cannot be denied. We all know it happened. Be careful with that Bitcoin, but go over there and look at their latest troll unfollowing uh, Roger Ver because it's, it's kind of a sight to behold, but it demonstrates, you know, it's, it's triggered all going to trigger a lot of people. A lot of people are already triggered you know, Bitstein, Bitstein's talk and like the whole app Bitcoin account. And there's a, a, we're sailing on a sea of salt. And again, be careful with each other because tensions are running real high. And, you know, I'm just, just saying, let's, let's think um, positively. Also, Give positive thoughts to Ramp Ramp Capital LLC. Uh, he's got a post on his blog site, a gift to exist. Uh, if you go over to uh, go over to it, um, it's at three thirty ramp.com. Again, that's three thirty ramp.com. His blog, and it was I think he wrote it today. Send him some positive. Go read it. Send him some positive vibes, man. It can be a shitty world, so. With that, I'm going to see all of you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.